I wonder if anyone has ever written a book entitled The Curious Questions of Jesus, because our Lord Jesus certainly asked his share of curious questions. Four weeks ago, we saw Jesus ask a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And today, this morning, we see Jesus ask an invalid, do you want to be healed? It seems like a very curious question to ask a man who has been paralyzed for some 38 years. But as we are going to see, this man's answer to Jesus' question, and indeed our own answer to this very same question, is both more complicated and more important than at first it might seem. I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was in seminary, all the students were required to participate in a summer program called Clinical pastoral education. Now that is a mouthful, but basically what it means is we served as chaplains in a hospital for the summer. I was 26 at the time, and for whatever reason, I was assigned to the pediatric ward of the Erlanger Hospital in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That summer turned out to be one of those experiences, maybe you all have had one like it, where While I'm sure I learned all sorts of practical things that summer, by far the most important lesson I learned was just how little I knew. And in particular, that summer I learned just how little I knew about the human condition. Now, it's probably true in any hospital, um, but on display there in the pediatric ward, we saw that day both the best and the worst of humanity. There were the heroic nurses who sacrificially poured themselves into caring for those sweet little children. And then there were the children who had been admitted to the hospital because their parents had abused them. That summer we saw the best and the worst of humanity. But there were also some cases that were just downright perplexing. It was then that I first began to realize that the question, do you want to be healed? is far more complicated than I had assumed. In addition to the doctors and nurses on the pediatric ward, we also had a team of child life specialists. Now, if like me, you have never heard of the term child life specialists, basically their role on the pediatric ward is to do everything they can to reduce the stress and the anxiety that those little children feel during their stay in the hospital. These women were amazing. They knew all the children by name. They knew their stories. They knew what games they liked to play. And as you can imagine, they were fiercely protective of these kids. One incident stands out in my mind from that summer. It was clear that this team of child life specialists was beginning to get crosswise with one particular family. It was a family of mountain people who had come down from Chattanooga or to come down to Chattanooga, rather, from some holler up in the Appalachian Mountains. I could tell that the child life specialists were becoming increasingly frustrated with the family. And when I asked them what was going on, they confided that they were beginning to suspect that those parents were either doing something or not doing something that was causing the child to stay sick and be readmitted to the hospital. Now, at first, I could not even understand what they were saying to me. I didn't have a category for what they were telling me. How could a parent not want their child to get better? But it's then that they began to explain to me that not everyone wants to be healed. Not everyone 
wants to have their child healed. Or to put it another way, this family had learned that when their child was in the hospital, they got to eat better, they got attention and special treatment. And so while, yes, of course, I would like to think that they wanted their child to get better, the truth is, it was much more complicated than that. Do you want to be healed? On the face of it, this seems like a curious question for Jesus to ask an invalid. But as is always the case, Jesus sees far beyond the surface to the deep and complicated depths of the human heart. As best we can tell on this particular day, Jesus was walking around Jerusalem all by himself. And without his entourage of disciples, it was possible for Jesus to go incognito wherever he went. So he comes up to this famous pool called Bethesda that's just outside the temple complex in Jerusalem. Now, if you go to visit the Holy Land today, many biblical sites are difficult to nail down geographically. But as for this pool of Bethesda, we we know precisely where it is. In fact, some of you here today have visited that location. Jesus walks up on the scene. There are all sorts of lame and blind and sick persons all waiting around this legendary pool, waiting to be healed, or so it would seem. Jesus zeroes in on one of these invalids and he asks him, do you want to be healed? Now again, this seems like such a curious question for Jesus to be asking a man who's been lame for 38 years. Curious, that is, until we hear his response. While it would seem like a simple enough question with a simple enough answer, do you want to be healed? Why, yes, I do. That's not how the conversation goes. No, in response to Jesus' question, this man begins to roll out a whole, whole rigmarole. He says, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Do you want to be healed? Translation. Eh. Now it boggles the mind. Why wouldn't this man respond with a clear, yes, I want to be healed? Now, we have to read between the lines here, but the clear implication seems to be that this man didn't want to be healed because he'd built up quite a life for himself. Begging for alms under the cover of that great portico while others scratched out a living in the blazing heat of the Palestinian sun. And like those parents in the pediatric ward, this man knew that being healed would mean having to say goodbye to the benefits of of his present life. Healing would mean that his life would have to change. Now, it's not a life that you and I might have chosen, but it's a life that he had clearly settled into. Now, some of you might be thinking, I don't know, Andrew, this seems a little bit far-fetched. How could you say that this man did not want to be healed? But if you have made a habit or a vocation of trying to help people, then chances are you've met persons just like this man. If you're a dentist and you have said to your patients, do you want your teeth to be well? If you're a financial advisor and you've said to your clients, do you want to be financially well? 
Or if you've ever loved someone who is addicted to drugs or alcohol, then either implicitly or explicitly, you have asked the question, do you really want to be healed, only to hear back the answer, eh. See, healing requires change. And friends, the truth is, all of us, all of us, are like this man at the pool of Bethesda to one degree or another. Jesus, the great healer king, puts this question to each and every one of us. Do you want to be healed? And there's something in here, something that hesitates and holds back and says, I'm not sure I'm willing to give up what your healing would require of me, Lord Jesus. Because I know enough to know that, that, that your healing would require my life to change. And what is this healing that Jesus has come to offer? When you and I think about healing, the first place our mind goes to is physical healing. Healing from cancer, healing from an injury, healing from heart disease, and so on. And while it is absolutely true that Jesus, the healer king, does indeed still heal our physical ailments today, sometimes in ways that are beyond our understanding, be that as it may, the kind of healing that Jesus came to earth to bring is far deeper and more permanent than any physical healing could ever be. Because you see, physical healing is always and only temporary. These bodies do not last forever. As grateful as that man was, I'm sure, to be able to stand up and walk, the truth is the day would come when his body would fail him again. But Christ the King, he came to earth to bring a healing that once it has been administered, lasts into eternity. Jesus came to heal the mortal wound of our sin. That's what's going to be symbolized here in just a few moments at the baptism that's about to take place. Jesus, the healer king, cleanses the mortal wound of our sin that if left untreated would render us all dead to God. To resist the healing of Jesus, my friends, is to cut yourself off from God for eternity. But by the same token, to receive the healing that Jesus offers is to be healed from the wages of your sin forever. All of it. Everything you have done or left undone can be healed by Jesus if only we will let him. This is what Jesus is driving at when he encounters that man later in the day. Jesus said, see, you're well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. In other words, when I encountered you earlier in the day and I asked you, did you want to be healed? You responded with excuses and rationalizations rather than with a resounding, yes, I want to be healed. And friends, Jesus presses the same question to each and every one of us. Do you want to stay where you are? Or are you willing to accept my healing and the changes that it will require of you? Now, there are some here today, and I may be speaking to you, who have not yet surrendered to Christ the King 
and the healing that he offers. And if that's you, if you have not yet given your whole life over to him, if there is part of you that that is beginning to mount a resistance to that complete surrender, then I'd like to speak to that part of your heart that's holding back. Holding back from the healing that Jesus offers. Our resistance, it kind of reminds me of an encounter I once had with an old car. A high school friend of mine, his father had an old chocolate brown Triumph Spitfire. It was the most gorgeous and elegant pieces of junk you have ever seen. Because British sports cars of that era, as beautiful as they are, they are not known for their reliability or the quality control that took place at the factory. But I was fixated on that car. Well, fast forward about 20 years, I'd squirreled away a little money, and I got it in my mind that it was time for me to get a Triumph. And as grace would have it, a friend of mine was selling his beautiful white Triumph TR6. He sent me some pictures over email, and it just looked beautiful. I thought, this is a match made in heaven. But then when I got to see the car in person, I got a check in my spirit. Because it was one of those cars that looks marvelous from about 50 feet away. If you saw it driving down the highway, you say, boy, that's a gem of a car. But when you got closer, a different story began to emerge. On those cars, the, the hinges on the door had a tendency to sag. And so when you look closely, the door didn't quite line up with the body. I looked inside and the dashboard, which had been originally this beautiful wood veneer, uh, needed a lot of work. And when we popped open the hood, it was obvious that, that none of the upgrades had been installed. That even the purists would agree was necessary if you wanted to make the car anything close to reliable. What that closer look made me realize is that this car, which looked great from 50 feet away, it was going to be a huge responsibility. At that time in my life, my children were little. I was the sole pastor of a little parish. I thought, I cannot take on this responsibility. I could feel my spirit just backing away from that car. Well, friends, something similar can happen to us when we first encounter Jesus, the healer king. From 50 feet away, his offer of healing salvation can look amazing, and it is. But as we draw closer to Jesus, our hearts begin to realize that his invitation to healing is also an invitation to a relationship with himself. And our hearts instinctively know that relationships place responsibilities upon us. Relationships require something of us. All relationships do. And since this particular relationship is a relationship with the king of kings, then our hearts realize further still that he's going to want to command our lives. He's going to want to give us assignments for the kingdom. And so we begin to step back. But friends, whereas a man might be wise to back away from an old British sports car, he would be unwise to back away from the offer of healing that Christ the King offers. Friends, have you been shying away from giving your whole life to Christ? Has your heart been hesitant to take on the calling that He would place upon you? 
hesitant about that relationship and the changes that it might demand of you. If that's the case, then I want to urge that part of your heart that is mounting a resistance, I I want to urge that part of your heart to surrender. To surrender completely to Him. To say to Christ the King this day, Lord Jesus, take my life and heal it. Please forgive me. And by the power of your cross, heal the mortal wound of my sin. Friends, let let that surrender take place today. Do you want to be healed? Yes, Lord Jesus, I do. Now in closing, I want to say a word to those of you who have already accepted this healing and have given your life to Christ. The healing of Jesus begins in the moment that we give our life to Him, but it continues for all our days. And those of us here today who have already given our lives to Christ, we too can resist the healing work of Jesus. Now, some of you here this morning are new to the state of South Carolina. You're new to Charleston, new to South Carolina. I want to give you a little South Carolina inside baseball. We South Carolinians, we love the movie Forrest Gump. And it's not just because Tom Hanks did such an amazing job with that role. He most certainly did. But we love that movie because much of it was filmed here in the low country. Now, yes, some of the scenes were shot down in that other city down there in Georgia, but much of it was filmed here in our beloved state of South Carolina. And one scene in particular that was filmed down in Beaufort depicts how we believers can often resist the healing work of Jesus. It takes place about halfway through the movie. Forrest Gump and his new friend Bubba are soldiers in Vietnam and they find themselves ambushed under enemy fire. Many of the men in Forrest Gump's company have been injured and so he begins to carry the wounded one by one out of the jungle. Finally, at the point of exhaustion, it dawns on Forrest that Bubba is still in the jungle and so he rushes back in to find him. He calls out to him. Finally, he stumbles upon his friend who is lying on the ground trembling and holding a palmetto frond over his torso. I'm okay, Forrest. I'm okay, Bubba says. But Forrest gently pulls back the frond to reveal a mortal wound. Friends, there's not a person here today who has not yet who's not been wounded. When we give our life to Jesus, He heals us of the consequence of our sin that would otherwise separate us from God for eternity. But as we travel through this life, we all still experience the effect of our sin. The consequence of our sin is healed when we give our life to Jesus, but the effects of our sin remain. And we see the effects in the hurt that we cause in others and the hurt that others have caused in us. And our nature, our temptation is to be like Bubba and to take something and and place it over that wound and pretend that it's not there. But to be a Christian is to allow Jesus, the healer king, to kneel down beside us, to remove that palm frond we've been using to cover our wounds and to do his work of healing. 
To be a Christian is to allow Jesus, the healer king, to expose and then heal our sinfulness and to expose and heal the wounds in our hearts that have been caused by the sins of others. Friends, have you been covering over the wound of your own sin? Or the wounds that have been caused by the sinful actions of others? If so, then it's time to let Jesus, the healer king, do what he does best. Because he's asking you today the very same question that he asked that invalid at the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to be healed? Are you willing to make the change that my healing would require of you? Are you willing to take up your mat, having been healed, and to go out into the world to be a blessing that I'm calling you to be? Do you want to be healed? Friends, may God grant us the grace to respond with joyful enthusiasm. Yes, Lord Jesus, I do. Yes, Lord Jesus, I want to be healed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, King of Kings, that you are a healer king and that you have come to heal us of the mortal wound of our sin. And that you walk with us from that point forward to heal us both of the sin, our sin, the wounds that we cause to others and the wounds that are caused to us. So we pray, Lord Jesus, come. Come by your Holy Spirit and heal us. Lord, that we might go from this place, having been healed, to be a blessing in this world. For we ask these things in your precious and powerful name. Amen.